The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Ray Shields! Wait a minute. What happened to the Dark Times? We're smarter than this. Apparently not. I say patience. Patience? Sam will be along in a few moments, and then we'll upload the episode. You've doubled down on the Dark Times podcast. Welcome back. I'm Sam, your favorite Tatooinian speedster. And I'm Steven, yet another clone of Joris Sabayoth. <laughs> that is a deep pick. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Steven, we have some feedback from this slash last week. Yeah, so like we said last week. Or this two is, weeks ago. Yeah. A week, one week ago. Yes. This is this episode's a two-parter. We recorded these in tandem just to sort out some scheduling stuff. Uh, if you haven't listened to last episode, go listen to it now because the points we make there are going to be relevant to our discussion here. Um, if you don't want to do that, I can't really stop you. I'm just a, a voice coming out of your your phone. So, <laughs> you know, up to you. Uh, but yes, we got some feedback. Some of which was due from last episode. Some of it is from you. Get there's time fuckery. We had some feedback from Little Literalist. Yeah, a few more points here that we weren't able to fit into our last episode. Uh, Little Literalist, key to remind us that there's a background that actually just gives you a cybernetic prosthesis. This is a favorite among munchkins because you can get out up to all sorts of bad business at level one with a with a cybernetics. Do you know the name of that background, Sam? You want to say it out loud for us? Um, I honestly don't know off the top of my head, Steve. It's crippled. That's Which, unfortunate. Yeah, not probably a fine word to use in 2006 when it was published. Um, or seven? seven? Yeah, seven. Well, actually, it was in the it was the Rebellion campaign guide, so I don't even... Seven was when the game came out, actually. Yeah. So seven or eight is, Maybe, what, yeah. is what it was. What we're been. saying, <laughs> a long, that word may have been fine to use a long time ago. I don't... I think Sam and I agree. It probably isn't anymore. I think it's so funny that this is a background. Yeah. Because some of the other backgrounds are like betrayal, out exile, yeah. being imprisoned. Conspiracy. Like, yeah, like, so. it's one of those things where... I think they just wanted something interesting to throw in the mix. Yeah, of course. I feel like as, you know, a player can just have a prosthetic. Yeah, they can. Absolutely. Be, it doesn't have to be the center of their background. No. Uh, in fact, it, I mean, Star Wars, it rarely is. It says exactly. in the book, prosthesis are uh, uncommon, but far from irregular. There we go. It depends on what, also common is relative. Yeah. You know, different parts of the galaxy, different. Not to say that, you know, a, a character whose life def- is defined by an unfortunate injury. That's a great backstory. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's like, not usually. Oh, yeah, Tully. Yeah. One of your characters in Zero Distance. Yeah, well, absolutely. One of our player's characters in Zero Distance. Exactly. Tully has the crippled background, and that injury was actually a huge impetus for that character to choose the life that they live now, so. I guess it all comes down to being a good writer, <laughs> being a good role player. <laughs> uh, we're also reminded that Luke uses the power source from his prosthetic hand to get out of a locked room in Heir to the Empire. This was a really cool scene in the book that I totally forgot about. Uh, he takes the power, the energy cell from his hand to short out a door control. And R2 happens to be nearby and he also helps out too. I love the idea First of all, the idea that your hand has a battery. Yeah. 
So is it one of those things where it's like a lightsaber battery where it definitely takes forever to run out? Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's covered in the book a little bit. It's hand waved. It's just it's a it's a very good battery. I think there was an errata where if you roll a D one thousand, if it lands on a one, your battery dies and your limb no longer functions. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I did the fake errata voice, Stephen. Yeah, you know, I know, I know. I just I want to emphasize how bad of an idea that was. Stephen also, a little literalist rather, also mentions that for resisting the rejection attack, it's good to have bonuses from allies like enlighten. Or since it's an attack, you can just use a destiny point. I didn't even consider Enlighten or using a destiny point here at all. Yeah, or if you've got the instinctive defense uh, feat, you can use a force point to add a bonus to one of your defenses. Does that work when you're unconscious? No. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me on my <laughs> keep me on this true and narrow there, Stephen. Another great, uh, I, I take any opportunity to plug a team feat. And I failed to last time. Lilithos reminds us that the team feat for treat injury is perfect for a team of doctors. Everyone knows how much I love team feats. That's great. It was actually because I, I pimped out the team feats hard with zero distance, making sure you guys got the piloting one. Not considering that like skill focus alone would be hard for me to balance around when it came to pilot checks. But now you guys have plus seven to the, your pilot checks the in, thing in lieu for of plus five. The thing for the team feats is they are square based. So you just got to keep track of how far away we are from each other, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's on your fault. That's I mean, why you. would you guys ever be further apart than six squares? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tractor beam. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can make you guys be further than. Hold on. Yeah, buddy. It's up to me. It's almost like the bouncing of the encounter is up to the GM. Do we just talk about this? It sounds so familiar. Sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> I don't know. Steven, we got a new. Uh, new uh, Incomer. Got a new big fan who wrote in. Big old email. Ray, thank you so much for your amazing, heartfelt email. It was huge, which I love. But for good radio, I had to pare it down just a bit. Reading straight from Ray's email. I have really enjoyed your work, and it has been an immense help in taking my ongoing first real homebrew campaign as a DM in Swissy to the next level. I play with a group of coworkers on Roll20 and has been an excellent team-building experience with them. I want to say you guys are really funny. I love the custom voice intros. I love the cheesy jokes. Don't ever change. In addition to being very informative, I've never found the podcast dry. And that's a rare mix. The guess the NPC or you die segment is really funny. And I've been able to get almost all of them except the other bounty droid. Forlom. Forlom. Yeah, Forlom. But Loam is a type of soil. <laughs> yes, Forlom's the farmer droid variant, obviously. Ray, um, thank you. So much. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the highest praise I think we've ever received. I, I, I feel like in recent memory that we've ever received on the show. One that sticks out to me is the Order 66 podcast of a new generation. Yes, but that's always a good one. That too. was that was more more a personal bucket list item for me. Ray, <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to keep summarizing slash reading your email here. Thank you again. Ray runs a Clone Wars campaign that he first thought of almost 12 years ago with a mix of action and intrigue. His party must track an elusive cis superweapon. The party sees its fair share of challenges, including but not limited to General Grievous himself, Wookiee prostitutes, and the command of a freshly promoted Admiral Tarkin. The noble has the wealth talent, flavored as the owner of a lucrative military contractor company, and he spends his credits outfitting not just himself and the party ship, but also his fellow party members. I don't know why this doesn't come to mind for me frequently, but wealth can also be used not just to give the noble access to a bunch of crazy bullshit, but also the whole party. Well, the thing is, players who take the wealth talent are usually selfish bastards. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. No, it's 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 true. If you take the wealth talent, you suck. <laughs> That's not true. It's not true. 
and uh, back from paraphrasing to just reading the email now. One thing I like about being a GM is I can tell the story how I want and build the world to fit that. But I always try to make it fit the best way possible. Sometimes you have to hand wave a bit to work on some more absurd things. A great example is Earth music in the Star Wars universe. In one of my missions, I had a scene where the squad was flying over the swamp planet of Mimban in LAATs. I couldn't resist adding Fortunate Sun in the background. One of my players asked the pilot who it was, and I had him respond, No idea. I don't even know what they're saying. I bought the music on a data card from some kid in the city by the spaceport. He said it's rumored that they record it coming out of a black hole, but no one knows. I know it's a little out of place, but the players enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I hope you forget in time, Sam, but there, I was actually, there was a moment in Zero Distance where I was hoping that I could play Fortunate Son. I'm sure there was a moment where you wanted to play Fortunate Son. Um, and and I, it, it could still happen. So I, it, it's, it's funny <laughs> that uh, it's funny that, that he brought this up because I was thinking about this pretty much all not, week. Not, not Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins? Okay, there might be another opportunity where I wanted to put in Danger Zone. But um, you yeah. mean your fighter pilot squadron campaign is going to have a moment where you can play Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins? Top Gun played a seminal role in, in formatting, forming this uh, this campaign. A what role? Se- seminal. <laughs> do you know that word? It's not has nothing to do with excrements <laughs> of any kind. OK, sorry. Yeah. Lastly, I want to thank you guys for all you do for the community. My players love the level up guide on the wiki. I love listening to you while I build my campaign missions. My next missions with my players is a mix of Generation Kill and an old-school World War I no-man's-land push, breaking into mass combat and vehicle combat systems, where the party will get to pilot an ATTE dubbed the Klanka Crusher. So I'm sure there will be more funny moments to share. And I can't wait to hear them. Seriously, please, keep us updated, Ray. This campaign sounds like it's really going places, and I'd love to hear more about it as it develops. And I, it's super cool that you've got coworkers who are cool enough to play Saga edition sweet and i mean he's right about like a great team building exercise to be able to do that with your coworkers. i imagine that i mean problem solving game problem solving job i'm just saying a 15 year old tabletop system is a hard sell <laughs> that's true i don't think i could convince you i mean i you know where i work i don't even think i could convince those people <laughs> to do it i heard there was a pathfinder game at my workplace some time ago though yeah long long before time. the dark times before the empire for the podcast for the podcast we should we that haven't done why, that as why, an opening why yet. didn't we have them what the fuck is wrong with us well now we can't do it because we've mentioned it and it's too obvious right oh well all right <laughs> how did my father podcast <laughs> your father was one of the best podcasters in all of the galaxy oh man that's great that's sam great. last week i bitched and moaned about the follower system for like an hour you really showed us how the follower system works and why it sucks so much. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel so bad disparaging it because it's, it does have its, its place. Like it, it should be used where deemed appropriate. And I've had it, I've seen it in action in actual play and it was, it was underwhelming, but it was fun. Sometimes, you know, it, 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 it was actually so bad. The player ended up scrapping that whole character. Um, but did I ever tell you this? No. I had a player once who ran, uh, no one you know. Uh, this was a, a different yeah. different campaign. Um, he, yeah, he wanted to do a whole droid commander with the follower system built in and do crazy buffs and positions. And I, I did a pretty piss poor job of replacing the droids when they were uh, destroyed. I didn't really, I hadn't read the eight hour guidelines. So I kind of just. You were a baby GM. I was a baby. It was like my second campaign ever. Um, baby that, GM sounds like an awful reality TV show, by it, the way. It does. It, it is. 
yeah, that campaign, that, those players were, it was a rough group. But I saw the follower system in action and I, and I was, I was underwhelmed and I still am. Well, how do we fix that? How do we remedy the situation? It's an injustice to followers everywhere, Stephen. It is. The followers listening to the podcast right now want to know how, how can, can they, how can they contribute? How can they contribute? Sam, let me pick your brain about Scavenger's Guide to Droids. What do you know about Scavenger's Guide to Droids? I know it's got great things about droids. It is. It's it's an amazing source book for droid lovers, and it has it's chock full of delicious droid goodness. Droid lovers. Not not <laughs> lover. You know the kind of yeah. love. Droid fanatics, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Droid enthusiasts is probably what they would be called in the Star Wars universe. Metalheads. Metal <laughs> Metalheads. There we go. A popular suggestion to make the follower system worth it is to adapt the protocol system from Scavenger's Guide to Droids. The fuck is the protocol system? I'm glad you asked. It's designed as a dead simple way to let droids be intuitively helpful without hogging the spotlight from the party. It's designed around this whole idea of droids as equipment, rather than droids as a character. Because like we talked about last week, followers are in this awkward kind of in-between position they no way can eclipse the party's skills or importance in a story, but they also should be kept far away from the spotlight because everything you feature about them is a new thing you have to come up with as a game master. And anything you may come up with for them may detract from the story you're trying to tell with these genuine main characters. What is the protocol format, Stephen? Glad you asked. Under the protocol format, droids are stripped down to their bare essentials. Uh, wooga. Just stats and functions. These functions are called protocols, and protocols are always swift actions. More complex protocols require additional swift actions. Protocols allow a droid to be genuinely useful in an encounter while offering an action economy savings to the player who uses them. And also taking a load off the GM for not having to run an entire NPC for seriously. For the C-3PO droid just walking around. And arguably, droids are easier to name than any other type of character. You can just smack down some letters and numbers if you really want to. They don't even have to say anything quirky or funny. Uh, It also, I I like it because in the examples given in the book, in the protocol system section, it encourages the player and the game master to actually sit down and discuss what the droid's capabilities should be. What sort of protocols should we make out for this guy? What sort of things do you hope to achieve with this droid follower? Swift actions are assigned to droid actions as follow. I know I don't keep saying droids, but we'll adapt this to any follower. Don't you worry. There's a lovely little chart in the book. I'll read off of it very briefly since charts don't make good radio, Sam. A free droid action costs one free action for the player to activate. A swift action for the droid is a swift action for the player Two swift actions for the droids is only still one swift action for the player. There we are. Three swift actions for the droid. That's two swift actions for the player and can only be done once per turn. Move for the droid is only one swift action for the player and it can be done a maximum of twice per turn. A standard is one swift action for the player once per turn. And a full round action is only two swift actions for the player once per turn. Any action that takes longer than a full round action is not. A protocol. It just can't be. Even this is a dangerous game you're playing, I feel like. Well, t- t- tell me, Sam. Talk Adapt. What if I load up my follower with and just me 11 and just spend swift actions to make him take attacks? Well, 
at this point, now you're both attacking once per turn. So this is like a buff to followers, like strictly. Absolutely. You, you get your attack, your standard action, and it's only a swift action to make the other guy attack. If that's too much for you, like if that's if that's like no way, that's way too powerful for a follower, don't do it. Just say don't do it. Just just say you can't attack with the protocol system. That's a, that's fair because yeah, you could I, still use a standard action but just not attack. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, you can arbitrarily limit your players to, hey, you know, one attack per turn. You know, you can make your follower attack and still keep your standard action, but you can't use that standard action to attack. That could also be... Let me take a peek at how a follower attack modifiers are calculated, because something tells me it ain't even that big of a deal just to a get BA, that extra it's attack. Just, well, it's BAB and, uh, and dex mod, right? You're right. It's yeah. just their BAB and their dex mod, so... Come on, we're talking single low teens digits here for that attack mod, depending on your level. So is an extra attack that much worse? You tell me, listeners. I guess it's not worse than you taking the double attack talent, right? Not really. Yeah, it's I don't think so. No, not at all. I mean, hearing that, I mean, this, uh, this makes followers usable. It doesn't turn them into main character killing machines. You know, the more I think about this, the more I'm okay with it, because... If I take double attack, it's still two attacks with minus 10. Yeah. Multi-attack proficiency I would need to make it minus two or whatever. Exactly. And this is a second attack that you've spent basically a whole talent for at a much weaker attack mod compared to your own. And if you're concerned about crits, like, oh my god, OMG, what if he gets that at 20 in crits and, and get all that extra damage from your second attack? That's way too powerful. Maybe followers can't crit then. I don't know. I think it'd be cool as hell to see a follower crit, though. Be fucking cool as hell. Be damn cool <laughs> as hell. I know how I'd run it. I mean, I wouldn't, I would just slap an, it's, look, look, let's take a step back here. Can you just paste the protocol system onto a follower with really no other changes beyond what I've described? Yes. Is it risky? Are you going to have to make calls on the fly like you're already expected to do in a normal game of Swissy anyway? Yes. By... Just taping two incongruent, incompatible systems together, you'll find problems. That shouldn't surprise you. But do we shy away from that? I say no. I say let's fucking get after it. I'm soapboxing again. <laughs> yeah, like with every word of that sentence, you were stepping up into another bigger soapbox. <laughs> But I respect it, Steven. I respect it. Thank you. And, and you know, protocols aren't just limited to cheesing an extra attack on your turn. You know, what sort of protocols could we think for, like, utility template followers or, or defensive template followers? I mean, fucking some slicing? Yeah. Some, some harm's weighing? Although totally. I don't think a follower could ever get harm's way. Um, there are ways that followers can take damage for you. Yes, I, but I think so. It's not explicitly a talent, like, from, falls, from harm's way. Uh, the noble bodyguard one has like a special thing where they, you could make the follower take damage instead if it's adjacent to you. Oh, yeah. Sure enough, it does. That's under protector actions talent. And also, Sam, the, so we threw out that somewhat unintuitive action system from the followers. And now we've adapted the, the protocol system, which is a little bit more powerful, offers a slightly greater action economy savings to the player. We got to do something about that HP. 10 plus your level. Like I said, that's wet tissue paper, man. 10 plus your level. Now, this is where it gets 
sketchy. We don't want them to be too powerful. Again, our goal is to not make followers outshine the players. Our goal is to just make followers worth the talent, or at least a little bit more than what you get for your money now, like vanilla. Well, followers have to be at least as good as the gambler talent. <laughs> is that our baseline for a useful talent, the gambler well, talent? What's our baseline for a talent? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm proposing 20 plus your CL. Mm. That's a bit heavy for the early levels. In fact, you just might have a follower has more. that has more HP than you, especially if you're something like a noble. I wouldn't say, I, I think you'd have to scale with your character, Steven, somehow. I think so, too. And HP does scale with your character. Is it out of the question for a level one noble to have a bodyguard with more HP than them? Is that crazy? Not at all, actually. I, that's what I'm saying. A, a level one noble, a certified weakling... Shouldn't they have a buff guy from from daddy's senatorial office to follow them around and be tougher than them? Isn't that what a bodyguard is? That's a fair point. Come at me. You know, at me on fucking discord. <laughs> you disagree. <laughs> Downvote me on Reddit. If you, <laughs> if you think I'm wrong. But yeah, 20 plus CL HP. That's that's 10. That's like almost double than what the, the book offers right now. Sam's kind of looking at me like they're not sure which way to lean on this one. Well, Stephen, if the listener doesn't like it, they can ease their foot on the gas of the 2022 GM Fiat and try 15 plus CL. Maybe. 15's a good middle number between 10 and 20 last time I checked. They could hit a maybe a third of your health. Yeah, a, a scaling with a third or two thirds of the player's HP. 10 plus one third. Eight plus two thirds. Fuck, if you know better than me, Mr. <laughs> Mathematician, you go ahead and write it. The The base prompt here is that 10 plus CL is not a good amount of HP. It really isn't. It's not. not. It's, it's not. It's like I said, 50-50 chance level seven soldier dies in one hit from a blast rifle fired by an equivalent adversary. A level seven soldier's follower. Yes, sorry. A level seven soldier's <laughs> follower, 50-50 chance from dying in one hit. From your average level seven adversary with a blaster rifle. Mm. Is that right? Is that correct? No. I think it depends. I, I, we talked about this last week. Um, you do see characters just get mooked. That's a good point. In Star Wars, Star Wars characters you might think of followers do get hit with that one blaster bolt, roll over and die. Even if they're wearing full body armor. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way, Stephen. They are explicitly non-heroic. That's true. They are not our heroes. So they're not going to survive these crazy encounters that's true and everyone knows heroes can take a few shots before they're done absolutely luke loses a fucking hand and still lives anakin loses three quarters of his, <laughs> of his limbs and he still lives we have another option we can go back and forth like pythagoras about the math of this problem all day long and we'd probably come up with a pretty smart solution that necessarily buffs the hp keep that in Keeps the HP at a more appreciable level for followers. There's, I found a little nugget this morning that I didn't even know existed. You should see your doctor about that. You're right. And I also found this rule in the book that is absolutely interesting. The threshold damage only rule from the protocol system featured in the Scavenger's Guide to Galaxy. Wait, the Scavenger's Guide to Droids. <laughs> The Scavenger's Guide to the Galaxy is a knockoff of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that exists in the Star Wars universe. So long, and thanks for all the parts. 
So, so long and thanks for the Jawa juice. Gosh. The threshold damage only rule is an optional rule from the protocol system in SCAV's droid guide. Let me read directly from the book. The protocol rules are meant as a replacement for the regular droid rules, limiting the droid's game options in order to speed play. Game Master's looking to further streamline the droid experience, also streamline the droid experience, that's just hilarious, should consider the following optional damage rule. When using the protocol rules, track only the droid's condition modifier. If an attack successfully hits the droid, it moves down one step on the condition track. If the damage total for the next attack meets or exceeds the droid's damage threshold, the droid immediately moves down five steps on the condition track. So that would be disabled, right? That would be disabled, yes. Or unconscious. Or unconscious. In the case of your general follower, of course, droids can be followers, and these threshold rules were written for droids. But talking about them as a rule for followers, what do you think? Instead of worrying, sweating, oh God, what's a good amount of HP for this guy? What if we only have to worry about his damage threshold and his condition track? I do like the two hits and he's dead yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So that way, if he takes damage less than his damage threshold, he doesn't die immediately. That's, that's good. I, and it's something that would t- let players know. You're, you're, if a, if I, my follower took a hit and he's down a step in the condition track, Oh no, he might die. Yeah, very easily. That's something I would worry about. Another interesting thing is that, of course, when it would take damage in excess of its damage threshold and then go unconscious, this means less dead followers, which means less scratching your head trying to think of an excuse for a whole new guy to join the party in eight hours, give or take, according to the book's own guidelines. So there's that as well. They're out of, they're, they're gone for the encounter. They're unconscious. You're seldom going to get them back up after that might not even be worth to their fucking follower less dead guys less storytelling stress uh if you want to make it easy though you could always do a secret organization yeah like the kenobi tv show yes us there are people around the galaxy willing to help jedi jedi underground railroad really cool idea <laughs> and definitely not a little ham-fisted <laughs> There's nothing ham-fisted about any Star Wars show. It was like, it's like poetry it rhymes. It was so... It, it's. I love the show, Stephen. Don't get me wrong, but boy, was it so blatantly obvious, obviously, like, escaping the slave trade underground railroad. Like, do you, By ham-fisted, did you mean that guy who was absolutely, completely unwilling to help Obi-Wan and then got a chance to explain his backstory and then was fully on board to help Obi-Wan just in the same conversation? <laughs> um... I love Kenobi. I think the writing team <laughs> needs to be taken out back. No, but. Steven, I actually meant the hidden room inside the building where they, they would hide the Jedi and then the hidden tunnel underground <laughs> for the Jedi to escape through. That's what I meant by a little ham-fisted. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a great show. It's, it's got its great moments. It's so good. But yeah, so if you're done worrying about how much HP to give your followers... Consider this threshold damage only rule. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. We um, just throw the HP pool out the window. Who gives a fuck? Who's going to stop you? Not me. I can't stop you. You can't. You couldn't if you tried. <laughs> I meant I couldn't stop the listeners, Stephen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we don't even know where they are. Thank you for listening to Dark Times Podcast. As Stephen and I have always say every week, the show is not possible without you. Simply isn't. Doesn't work out. 
Like if a podcast uploads in the forest and no one's around, does it get any listens? Uh, this has already gone like way further than I at first anticipated. I thought maybe five people would listen to our first episode and it was more like 50. Yeah. yeah I, oh man, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really awesome. Actually. It's awesome having you guys here to support us on our journey. And I'm glad we could inspire you. I mean, we've all the stories we've heard about people being like, Oh, I listen to you guys. Will I paint minis or will I write stuff for my campaign or while I do the laundry or anything like that? It's great. I love, I love hearing about it. I'm glad we can inspire you to do. I'm glad we can inspire you to explore the Swissy space in your own way. Absolutely. This game has so much left to offer people, you know, almost a full decade after it went out of print. Uh, <laughs> oh, since it went out of print. I was, yeah. say, I was like, it's 15 years since it released. Yeah. Uh, crazily enough. And it's just one of those things, Stephen, where uh, it's just not possible without our support from you listeners and from the patrons. It's not the patrons. Uh, we seriously thank you guys for your contributions. That money goes directly to hosting the pod. Uh, and and like like we keep saying it, we can't host the pod if unless we pay someone to host it for us. So yeah, hosting services aren't free. Sadly, no, they are not. They they can actually get quite pricey. Which but, is why we're glad we have the patrons. Uh, our patrons enjoy exclusive access to all sorts of goodies. I have a exploration guide out there, which is available for free. You can find it on Reddit. It's easy to find. But this version is all dolled up with lovely graphics and formatting that make it look just like an official Swissy sourcebook. Of course, our patrons also vote on our build contests, which we might have one of those coming soon. So keep an eye out. Yeah. Steven and I also uh, were working on a Dark Times module, something, yes. some of a beginner module, something to introduce to people who are mostly familiar with Star Wars and not maybe maybe not so much with a tabletop system or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, we've got some pre-generated characters, one of each class that we were working on. They're all ready. They've got little handout guides for them, too. I've just got to upload them up there. Haven't done it yet. And we're working on maps, enemies. It's just lots hazards. of good stuff. Hazards. Great stuff. I The patrons uh, make it possible for this show to continue to be free for everyone involved. Yes. Right. It's to continue. to. They help really make it a community podcast. And that's what we want. Um, if you have any questions or if you want to. Reach out to us if for any reason at all. You can email us darktimesswse at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at darktimesswse. Uh, let's, you know, enough uh, beating around the bush. Let's get you guys back to the show. Let's do it. Steve and I brought us a build this week. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since we've had a build of yours. So we're doing, we're fooling around with equipment there. I've for been a bit. shirking my build duties. Yeah, shirking your zerk. And what do you got for us, jerking? <laughs> <laughs> well, Steven, all this talk of followers got me inspired. Oh, yeah? Uh, I decided to make a character that has some followers of his own. Ooh. Uh, this character is, uh, we're looking at RC2829, a.k.a. Cinder. He's a Republic commando in the Grand Army of the Republic. He's a clone. You're great at clone names. Thank you. Uh, we got a medium clone, Soldier 11 Scout 1. Hmm. I know, it's, a, it's, turns out, uh... Doing a follower exclusive build doesn't provide you a lot of wiggle room. Need some levels to, to bolster that up. <laughs> yeah. Need, need quite yeah. a few. Need like three talents, maybe <laughs> minimum. Or three of the same talent. Yeah. To get a, yeah. So this character has the commanding officer talent times three and also the squad actions talent. And these are both from the squad leader talent tree for soldiers. Very cool. This commanding officer talent reads as follows. 
You gain a single follower. Choose either the aggressive, defensive, or utility follower template for your follower, generating the follower statistics using the rules found in the followers page. This follower gains one armor proficiency feat of your choice and weapon proficiency rifles in addition to those provided by the follower templates. The follower must meet the prerequisites for the armor proficiency feat you select. God damn. Yeah, right. We choose three defensive followers. We Ooh. give them a plus two to dex, armor proficiency medium, and the rifle proficiency. Okay. The defensive follower gets light armor proficiency to start with. That's yeah. why. Um, technically, these would be human because uh, they'd be clone followers for oh, this Republic Commando character. Okay. So I guess you would give them something else from whatever you think your squad mates need, right? Uh, That's my snacks. <laughs> yeah where's the follower template uh that <laughs> lets me add trail mix to my characters <laughs> uh the squad actions talent reads as follows you and your squad have learned to work together as a team and have an established set of tactics that you have practiced to perfection you can use any of the following actions on your turn i've highlighted a single one for this explicit build just okay. for this purpose there are two others that do different things but just to show off why I, honestly i think this is an example of how you can make followers work well in combat hmm. i know it's bizarre and it's <laughs> unheard of uh, auto fire barrage as a standard action you can make an auto fire attack against legal target spaces for each of your followers who's armed with a ranged weapon sound auto fire has line of sight to the area targeted by your auto fire you can designate one additional square as targeted by your auto fire that square must be adjacent to your original target area Cinder also has the auto fire sweep and flood of fire talents. Oh, these are oh, classic. I believe these are feats actually. Auto fire sweep allows you to change auto fire area to a six square cone, originating at any square in your line of sight within point blank range, which is insanely big area, six yeah. square cone. Uh, also, flood of fire denies dodge slash deflection bonuses to anyone targeted in the area attack. The auto fire barrage adds. Three squares to the cone, one for each follower, in any way you wish. Oh, wow. Okay, so you got your cone, plus three squares that you can place, I assume, in any configuration adjacent to the cone? Yeah. That's amazing. It's just something, you know, it's, I thought that was very good for a modular area of fire. Very much so. Cinder also has charging fire plus Mandalorian training feats. When you charge, you can make a ranged attack instead, but you don't get a bonus on the attack roll. However, with Mandalorian training, you get a plus two bonus to the range attack and a plus two morale bonus to will defense until beginning of your next turn. I love it. Uh, I've given Cinder a heavy blaster rifle for his kit loadout, you know. Very good. It usually deals 3d10 damage. However, with the rifle master feat, it increases the heavy blaster rifle dice to d12s instead of d10s. Love it. So we're looking at a, a clone commander who deals six square cone auto fire plus three squares, 3d12 plus six damage. That's pretty incredible. And I see, did you give this guy stand tall too? I come on, Steven. I give, I gave Cinder stand tall, which for those who don't know, if you take damage, allies within six squares of you can attack as a reaction. And followers are absolutely allies. Absolutely. 100%. And giving your followers all attacks for that. That's great. Yes. This is one of those builds where at later levels you could give him the draw fire talent. Like yes. you protect all your followers from being targeted. That'd be awesome. You could drop one of your followers, really, if you if you wanted to. But I guess then you lose one of those squares. Yeah, no. Um, my squad stays together, Steven. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I have loyalty to the Jedi and to the Grand Army of the Republic. Something you wouldn't understand. 
And it doesn't take a chip in the head to to get that kind of loyalty. <laughs> it takes training and and just fighting together on the battlefield. And I'm getting a phone call. Sorry. Hello. Order sixty six. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> do, you have, do you have to go? That looks important. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Good soldiers follow orders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take out Steven. I guess that would make you the Jedi. Yeah, am I a Jedi? Uh, I know what you're thinking. 12 levels for only three followers. <laughs> That's the reality of the world we live in. It's diminishing returns at that point. It is. I, However, I honestly thought this was a very interesting concept. It may make for a challenging yet not crazy complicated encounter. Uh, let's say you're playing a, a party of separatists or droids fighting against clones. This would make a great... Oh. This would make a great mid-boss encounter. It would. It would. Fucking fantastic build, Sam. Thank We're you, We're going to love that one, I think. That'll be available in the description below. Fantastic. And, of course, you're welcome to, you know, like, like Stephen always says, cheat, lie, and steal. Cheat, lie, steal. It. It's free. Modify Take it. it. Rename it. Make it whatever you want. Maybe you want it to be uh, Saw Guerrero and his rebels. Go for it. Do whatever you want. Oh, you could easily reskin this as, as a, like a rebel commander. That's so cool. Well, rock on, Sam. Thank you, buddy. Stephen. Time for everyone's favorite game. Oh, boy. Name that NPC or I literally kill you. As you folks know, Sam has a weapon pointed at my head. I believe it's a Blast Tech DL-44 based on the silhouette that I can see from where I'm sitting. If I don't guess the NPC right after three guesses and three questions, uh, my life will be hereby terminated and will be recruiting my replacement from the audience. Uh, We'll have a Google form out in the description in the case of my unfortunate death. But uh, for now, Sam's just going to start listing parts of the stat block, and I can ask a question and reckon a guess, and uh, hopefully I get it right. And if I do, well, I escape with my life one more day. (laughs) We will be hosting Steven's eventual funeral over Discord. Uh, Keep in touch. Yep, we'll have a a date for that uh, soon enough, I'm sure. Steven, this character is from the Star Wars Rebellion Era campaign guide. Okay. They are associated with the Fringe and... The Galactic Empire. Hmm. We are looking at medium, human scout five, scoundrel one, soldier one, bounty hunter four. Interesting. Destiny points two, force points five, dark side score three. He's a bit of a baddie. Languages, basic bocce buddies. Did you say human? I did say human. Okay. That's not a question. (laughs) That one, that's okay. I'll give you, I'll let you have that one. Uh, We are looking at talents, acute senses, armored defense, hunter's mark, hunter's target, improved initiative, improved stealth, and knack. The feats, armor proficiency, light and medium, point blank shot, rapid shot, shake it off, skill training for gather information, and stealth and survival, weapon focus rifles, and weapon proficiency in advanced melee weapons, pistols, rifles, and simple weapons. Uh, possessions, blade vest, plus two reflex, blaster rifle, vibroblade, frag grenade, comlink, short range, cybernetic enhancements, uh, augmented neurosystem, providing plus two dexterity, and cybernetic prosthesis, eyes. Oh. You ask me a yes or no question. I don't think I know this guy. Boom. Does this character appear in any mainline Star Wars film? Yes, and you know what? I'll even give you the film, buddy. Okay. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Okay, see, 
I thought it might have been one of those zany bounty hunters that we see in Empire, but associated with the Rebellion. No, no. I said Fringe and the, and the Empire. Oh, I thought you said Fringe and the Rebellion. No, I said the Empire. Bro. Oh, my God. Roll the footage back. I said wow. Empire. Then it's Dengar. Holy shit, Steve. You got it in one. <laughs> what the fuck? I was honestly surprised. Oh, I was starting to sweat. I'm like, Bounty Hunter with the Rebellion. What is it? Wow. Well, great. A miss, a miss here on Steven's part. A miss here on Steven's part. <laughs> Good thing you clarified. Dengar. That's really funny that you just completely misheard me. <laughs> yeah, it's Dengar. I live again. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it's funny that Dengar has neck, whereas... <laughs> Finally. Whereas they gave Lando Calrissian from last episode, uh, Gambler. Of course. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Sam. I named all the cool things about the stat block. It's interesting. The augmented neurosystem is not an actual equipment you can get in the system. Really? It's yeah. a Dengar thing? It's exclusive to Dengar. Exclusive to Dengar. What do you know? Yeah. Huh. I'm sure you could GM homebrew yeah, you could. one of the implants into that. That's pretty cool. Dengar exclusive. That's, I don't know. That might be a little overpowered. Giving players uh, implants that boost their stats, just like how droids can get those sort of, uh, what's it, what's I'm looking for? Tech specialists or superior tech upgrades? Yeah. That'd be, uh, you'd have to take that one around to the GM Fiat. You would have to take it around to GM Fiat. Steven, uh, congrats on winning and living, by the way. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful to live another week. I'm, I'm starting to get nervous. Well, uh, the time that you have is precious. That's so true. That's true. Take it, you know, appreciate it and do what you will with it. I got uh, some trivia this week. Well, good. I'm glad you spent your short, short life uh, finding trivia for us this week, Stephen. That's another Salacious B. Crumb one. <laughs> Great. Then it was especially worth it. <laughs> Salacious B. Crumb is Anthony Daniels' favorite Star Wars character. That's, of course, famous actor who portrays C-3PO in just about every piece of Star Wars media, including shows and games. That's really weird. That's his favorite Star Wars character. Yeah. And not C-3PO? Well, like, I'm sure that's an exception, right? Like, I'm sure he loves C-3PO. Are you a dick if you say the character you play is your favorite Star Wars character? Maybe. I know I don't when I'm a player Because if I was one of the fucking scout troopers in The Mandalorian, I'd be like, that's my favorite Star Wars character. Like, that was, that was <laughs> a mean, one of the ones scene. who punches yeah. fucking Grogu. Oh, <laughs> God, that broke my heart. It was so funny. It was really funny. <laughs> The little cry he makes is so I sad, know, though. It's heart-wrenching. Um, well, that's our episode this week, you guys. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This show is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven's my co-host. We appreciate you for sticking with us, even though this is kind of a back-to-back episode thing. So any feedback you send us for this week or last week are going to be available next week onwards. Yes, and if you've sent something in we haven't gotten to it yet, don't worry. It's coming down the line. You can reach out to us via email, darktimesswse at gmail.com, or on Twitter at darktimesswse. Uh, review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Write a physical review, send it in, we'll read it out loud, we'll shout you out. We really appreciate it. Uh, it helps with the show. You know, word of mouth is the best way to spread information. Steven, you have a quote for us this week? I can bring you in hot, or I can bring you in cold. <laughs> it's the line is warm. <laughs> Oh, really? (laughs) I can bring you in warm? I can bring you in hot or I can bring you in cold as Katy Perry, actually. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you're hot and you're cold. You're yes and you're no. You're in and you're out. (laughs) You're on the next one. You're up and you're down, I'm pretty sure. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Drifting through the wind. Like a plastic Frozen bag? Frozen in carbonite. Ooh. Do you ever feel... No, we're not... You could have got... You're about to go ham. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.
Sorry, I gotta itch my nose. I might be allergic to something in here. Might just be dust. Bad podcasting. Bad podcasting. <laughs>